Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Chat. My name is Tony. We're just trying to get up and running this Friday evening. Let me just check in with my girl, Miss Leisha, see if she is online. You know, Blog Talk be trying to put some put some moves on it sometimes. So we just gotta do mic check, mic check. Hey Leash. One two one two. Hey C <laughs> <laughs> What's up y'all? Your girls are back. We are back. We are back on the radio. We've been doing less chat live, y'all listen. That live, our whole live atmosphere is so dope. We thank you guys for really, really, really um embracing our our, mm-hmm. our idea of change we still do both um but we want to be able to do to do lives too and everybody has really really been supporting us and requesting to be on uh let's chat live which is awesome um if you have mm-hmm. missed any of our let's chat lives no worries head over to our youtube at let's chat radio and check it out over there. You'll be able to check out all of our lives. Uh, Eventually, all of our um, radio interviews will be on our YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. So we're just really excited for our change uh, and the maneuvering that we did during the COVID-19. You know, it really kind of changed everything. Um, But the live Mm -hmm. aspect of the show has been great. If you want to be a guest, either for radio or live interview, send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. The cost for live is $20. And the cost, there's no cost, as, as you guys know, there's no cost for radio. Uh, we always keep this platform free uh, for any and everybody that wants to be able to voice how they're feeling, um, mm-hmm. talk about their their brand, their books, whatever it is. And we have had so many guests on um, mm-hmm. in the last six years since we've been doing it. And I think that's just amazing. What about you, T? 
I think it's absolutely awesome. And if I might add that when they go over to our YouTube channel, press that red subscribe button and also check that bell so you guys can be notified every time Let's Chat has a new video up and running so that uh, you can be up to par on what we're doing over here on Let's Chat. So don't forget, subscribe, and press that all bell so you can be notified when you ladies of Let's Chat have some new material up for you guys to view. Absolutely, y'all. Listen, your girl tired today. I had a long day yesterday. My son, you know, let me, I want to vent for a minute with this uh, virtual gra- graduation what stuff. What my boy do? <laughs> he not do nothing, but I just okay. feel, you know, some some schools did the kids right and some schools mm-hmm. did not. I just feel these virtual graduations, come on mm-hmm. now. Y'all got a whole football field and a parking lot. You can have kids come um, by name, sit in the mm-hmm. stands, maybe have one parent with them or not. You could do mm-hmm. it in the parking lot, drive by, something. But some of these school districts, I think, use this as an opportunity to save money. And it's really unfortunate mm-hmm. because some, a lot of the kids did not experience, really, really experience graduation. Um, mm-hmm. And I just really think it could have been done social distancing with masks, you presenting them with their diploma. It doesn't have to be a whole bunch of people there. You could have right. all the A's in the bleachers or lined up, you know, or something. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. that's just my vent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially, you know, Lee, they worked hard to get to uh, this point in their lives, and they can't get this back, you know. They, they can't get it back. It's a plight that was forced upon them, yeah. not anything due to themselves. You know, you so you try to make the best and the most of it to make it as memorable as possible. Absolutely. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. Y'all know how we do. We get on here, we get to chopping it up and talking like we don't talk every day. Go ahead, T, open the song up, and then we're going to play uh, a little song. Shout out to E.P. Pope, uh, producer, make a producer, um, but his jazz album is coming out. He has mm-hmm. uh, his Pandora station. Uh, Irving Pope, make sure y'all go over and check that out. We're going to play some of his new music before we uh, get our fabulous guests up in here. And we're going to talk that talk about a corrupted mind. Go ahead, T. Y'all know Leash and her title for our shows. I'm just saying. (laughs) Once again, thank you, everybody, for joining us this Friday evening. Get ready for a fantastic show. But for all those that are just tuning in for the very first time, welcome. And for all those that are returning, we so appreciate you guys. But here on this chat, you know, Alicia and I started this show about six years ago, and we used to celebrate just literature because we are avid readers first and foremost. But our show has evolved and our, our enjoyment of everything has evolved to include all the arts, every art that can be possibly had has been to the doors of us chat. We've had authors, of course. We've had musicians, songwriters, actors, first-rate actors. We've had lawyers, athletes. They have all come onto the show and shared their precious time with us, so we thank them. Just check out our archives. You will not be disappointed. But I show all our listeners as well as our guests to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is that they're sharing with us. And as always, tonight is going to be, once again, another passionate show up in the room of Let's Chat with our new guest, Mr. Jared Dixon. So get ready, sit back, get your red cup, because Leisha and I, we don't discriminate. I got my gold cup tonight, Leisha. <laughs> but get ready to have a fantastic show with the ladies Let's Chat and our special guest tonight, Arthur Jared Dixon. Absolutely, y'all. We're going to take a brief break before we bring him up in the chat room to talk that talk. We're going to play y'all some of this Irving Pope off of his new uh, jazz album that is getting ready to come out. COVID kind of slowed everything down, but listen, let me tell you about a man in the music industry. Uh, Mm -hmm. When I say he works 24 hours a day, he is in that studio. 
He is mm-hmm. in about that studio life for real. Um, for those who don't know who Irving Pope is, he actually is the Furnace Band, and he plays on tour with the game. Um, he's a producer. He's worked with Kanye West, so he's fabulous. So we're going to play some of his new music that's coming out on his new album, and we will be back. Cause I've been trying to find you Been looking high and low Wanting you more and more To come and dirty wine yeah. I love the way you move Like how you're doing what you're doing You got me hypnotized Got me all in my mind I'm trying not to lose it Your body, body, body Drop it down low then you pick it up I want it, want it, want it I can't get enough Your body, body, body Ooh, got me in my feelings Girl, you're a star That's what you are You know, you know You're doing something to me Got my emotions on a roller coaster ride Yeah, this thing's going on between us Something I can't COVID, 
19 and the shutdown, we've we've learned a lot about our mind. And um, oh yeah, I think a lot of people have reassessed their intent behind some of the things that they do. Uh, and uh-huh. it doesn't have to be just uh, non-African American um, people, but everybody. Everybody has looked at how they treat people, and they've also started looking at how they treat and speak to themselves. I think that uh-huh. for the most part, we try to be mindful about how we treat and speak to others and less mindful about how we treat and speak to ourselves. And I think that in order to get someone else to be able to respect you, to able to embrace you, you have to respect and embrace yourself first, um, because you teach people how to treat you, and so right. with all of the the riots and just the, and I don't see all the riots as a bad thing, because some good things have really come out of it, there has been legislation out of it, and that just means that change has appeared um, from a rough patch, you know, there's always... Mm-hmm change that comes when when things start going a little haywire and out of control. So I'm excited to hear his, his thought on it as well. We have the fabulous Derek Dixon in the chat room. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, hello. How are you today? We are good. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. You are so very welcome. Okay, so we like to, before we get into it, because, you know, you do a little bit of everything, so we're going to talk that talk for a minute about some of the things. But I want you to tell everybody about your literary journey and a little bit about so, yourself. Okay. So my literary journey started in 2008. I was an intern over the summer, and I was bored one day, and I started writing a book. And for three years after that, I just sort of worked the idea and kept writing. And then I stopped in 2011, and I'll get into why I stopped in 2011. But then two years later, I picked up the work, and I, re- I reworked it. I, I found a missing piece that I was looking for for the past five years that I finally found and I was able to put that in my writing and it's in the book that is before you guys right now corrupted the truth shall be the nail in your coffin mm-hmm. it's been a bumpy awesome. journey to say the least a bumpy journey but but I'm here wow mm. And, you know, we, we always like to ask people about their goal moment. And, you know, your goal moment is when thought and execution come together. What was your goal moment? What was going on in your mind when you decided to say, let me publish this? So my goal moment was in December of 2018. I had watched a documentary called the Sunday Sessions, and it featured my conversion therapist in the documentary. And prior to watching it, I was just on the fence about whether I wanted to publish this or if I wanted to go the traditional route or shop it or just put it on Patreon and have people support that way. But mm-hmm. once I saw it, I knew that I had to have a tangible book in front of me, something that I could hold, something where people could turn the pages, because it was just so important for me to have a physical representation of the experiences of so many people like me. That was so important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. As you wrote this book, I know it took you some uh, some time over a period of time, but was it therapeutic for you? And did it help you through your writing um, get over some of those things that may have been built up? Because, you know, we have baggage. We got baggage that we get from our parents. Then we pick oh, up yeah. our own baggage. But when mm-hmm. things start happening, um, 
we start becoming attached to our pain and it's hard yeah. to let go. So how mm-hmm. was that writing process? Was it therapeutic for you to help you to be able to let go so you can pull other people through? Yes. It, it's funny because this is the first book out of a series of six books that I'm working on. So the first book is really about finding the courage and the fortitude to save yourself and get out of a situation that is literally meant to tear you down and break you down and erase you from Mm. the world. That is really the overriding theme of the first book is how do we get out? How do we, how do we exercise self-preservation in a situation where your decision-making skills and your thought processes are all controlled and regulated by someone who claims to be an authority on a particular subject. So so to give you kind of the context of what I had gone through, I went through essentially what I now attribute to as psychological torture. I went through what's called conversion therapy. Conversion therapy is a process by which a mental health practitioner, sometimes even a licensed mental health practitioner, a pastor, a spiritual leader, or any person in authority tries to convert someone who is LGBTQ to heterosexual. So there mm. is a belief that being LGBTQ or gender nonconforming is is wrong, it's immoral, it's sinful, and you have to be straight in order to be accepted by God, by society, by by your family. Oh, so, that's deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I got a question. Mm-hmm. Now, you say gender not conforming, right? Gender not conforming. I want you to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that because just for me, um, who somebody sleeps with is their personal business, really. It, that's how it should be. That's what they do behind closed doors. But when you meet them, if it's a black man, you're meeting that black man. You're meeting that black woman. You're meeting a man or a woman. And the respect should start there. You know what I'm saying? Who they sleep with shouldn't even be a factor um, I in agree. anything. Because you're, you're a, and I say black man because that's, to me, that's power. This is a black man. You respect him regardless. I don't care who he sleeps with. I don't care how many people he sleeps with. He deserves that type of respect because in our community, our black men, well, they should be our leaders. You know what I'm saying? They should be our strength. Absolutely. And a lot of them are broken, whether they are straight or not. So talk a little bit about the gen, um, non-gender conforming and why you guys choose to use that verbiage. So gender non-conforming means that you don't conform or, or fit what, quote-unquote, stereotypical gender roles. You don't fit into a box of male or female. Maybe maybe your interests don't align with what it stereotypically means to be a male. Maybe your interests don't align with what it stereotypically means to be a female. So gender gender non-conforming, individuals who are gender non-conforming are targeted for discrimination and harassment because they're just seen as other. They they don't ascribe to what society says a man should be, what a man should do, what a woman should be, what a woman should do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they mm-hmm. are not straight. You know, sometimes they are straight. It doesn't necessarily mean that a man who is gender nonconforming is gay 
and it doesn't mean that a woman who is gender nonconforming is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. It just means that they don't fit what is mm. stereotypically defined as a male or a female. It could be mm-hmm. something. It could be little things like how they dress, what they like to do, what their passions are. Because they don't align with what society has said a man should be, what a woman should be, they are targeted for harassment and discrimination. And oftentimes that discrimination starts in the home and it starts in the community. Uh Wow. Now, Jerry, this is Tony. You know, this is very interesting, and it's, it's actually pretty deep what you've shared with us in just a few minutes that you've been on. But I want to go back, and, and I think you said at the start of your journey, you felt that you had to put forth what you're doing because of the ability of for people like you. Is it because mm-hmm. you didn't see, you didn't see or feel accepted, or you didn't see yourself in other places? Because, you know, for those that are listening, it could be a little bit confusing, you know, especially mm-hmm. with the, the the gender not conforming. So can you please share what it is or what it was that you were looking for that you didn't see which got you on this journey? When I started writing and really taking the therapy seriously, like going back to therapy after being absent for a year and a half, when I finally went back to therapy and I started to really take my writing seriously and not just as like a hobby, what I came to realize was that I wasn't seeing myself in the mainstream media. My experience was not reflected on my television. It wasn't reflected in the books I was reading from the library. I had to seek out for a long time reading materials, mm-hmm. documentaries, the films that that spoke to my existence as a gay black man mm-hmm. who survived who survived conversion therapy because that mm-hmm. piece was missing from the narrative. We look at films like Boyer Race, we look at films like The Miseducation of Cameron Post and those films tackled the topic of conversion therapy, but what was missing from that piece, from that narrative, was the black experience. Mm-hmm. The black experience was absent. Absolutely. And I want to take this, this back a little bit more, only because being a black woman, um, and I take pride in that, I believe that a black woman represents strength. We are the backbone. Uh, we are supposed to be the backbone um, of our homes. And as a mother, and, and I'm not just talking about conversion therapy because they have these ranches or whatever where you send your kid, where you know people send their kids if they can't control them. I, I'm against it all because I feel like this. As a mother, you are your child's protector as well. You can't mm-hmm. put them in that type of situation and you're placing your child in the hands of of somebody else because you don't understand something they're going through. As a parent, you know, and, and we don't do therapy in our community a lot, and we should. We don't. Because it's very important to know how to communicate with our children. Even whether, I don't care whether they're straight or or gay, whatever they want to be. Because in order to protect them, you got to be able to communicate with them. And for Mm -hmm. me, to place my child in that type of environment, because Mm -hmm. I'm not understanding something about him, or place my daughter in a type of environment because I can't control her, I have a problem with that. Because I Mm -hmm. feel like this. How I treat mine is how you're going to treat them. Mm-hmm. And if they at your house and you don't treat them right, then me and you have to have a come-to-Jesus moment 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. It's a problem. Absolutely. I ain't yeah. got to understand them, but you going to understand and respect them. I don't care what it is because they represent me. And so if they're right. in your presence, if they're in your care, you're going to treat them accordingly or it's going to be some mm-hmm. problems. Yeah. So Absolutely. it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the conversion uh, therapy. I want to talk about the connection between you and your parents. How have you been able to heal that if you have? It's a work in progress. I'm going to be freaking honest. It's a work in progress. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, we good. We made up. I mm-hmm. am going to tell y'all, like, real talk. Um, I can hold a grudge. I can be petty as hell. Excuse my language. I can be petty as hell. And mm-hmm. if if you did stuff to me, you're going to get it back to you. So we, we've had that relationship where I've just been awful to them. I've been mean to them. I mean, they put me in a, in a situation with, with, a, with a crazy man who, who told me that gay men were all narcissists and they were self-absorbed and they were incapable of having relationships. They were all from the wow. and they just thought about mm-hmm. what they wanted for themselves. They didn't think about anything else. That's why they were incapable of being parents. And listen, I'm just going to say I, this right here. <laughs> You ain't got to be gay to be a narcissistic man. That is that is something that is across the board. It it could be okay. anybody. And that's okay. somebody that is a broken person that, you know, because hurt people hurt people. They don't know how exactly. to love themselves and accept themselves first off. And I think a lot of times, and don't send me no inboxes, y'all, for what I'm about to say, in and in, in gay com in the gay and lesbian community, I think just from an outsider looking in, sometimes that person. And we've had a lot of guests that have talked about they couldn't accept themselves um, when at the same time. So if you're not accepting yourself, if you're not secure inside of yourself, um, you're teaching other people kind of how to to handle you who don't know how to handle you. But, you know, again, as parents, you have to be able to teach self-love. And, Mm -hmm. again, who somebody sleeps with shouldn't even be part of the scenario. Like, you shouldn't have to say a gay black man because you're a black man. Being gay is just your choice of who you decide to sleep with and spend your life with. That has nothing to do with you being a, gay, a black man up front first and foremost. You know what I'm saying? And that, that society places people in boxes, and it, it places everyone in boxes. You know what I'm saying? But as a woman, mm-hmm. the only person on earth that's able to give life um, physically, you know, as a mother, I just feel. You know what I'm saying? I just feel, you know, I, I couldn't do that to my son because he's mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he got a daddy, but he's that's mine. And mm-hmm. so I get, you know, very cougar momish, you know, mm-hmm. over that. <laughs> Go ahead, T. I'm sorry. <laughs> and she sure does. Uh, she surely does. I don't play no games. <laughs> I don't play no games. But, Jared, um, once again, this is Tony. I'm so interested to know what era you grew up in because this just sounds so, I don't even know the word. I mean, I, it, it can't be today. I mean, if you don't mind sharing the, 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 the era you grew up in, like the 80s, the 60s, the 70s, the, you know, the 90s, what era was actually putting their children through conversion therapy with such a, Barbaric outcome. This was 2011. So, in first, the 2000s. 2000, yes, and this is still happening. Wow. People don't under people don't understand that just because we have marriage equality in all 50 states doesn't mean this issue has gone away. 
the conversion therapists and those who advocate for it are number one in the highest positions of, of government. Just look at mm-hmm. who our vice president is. And we don't consider him a man. I'm sorry. No offense. Well, no offense to anybody that supports him. I just don't consider him a man. He doesn't have that man for me, how I see a man, because I don't put him in a box. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. You know, I'm just saying. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> we have an administration that just doesn't care about anybody that society Isn't has Trump. relegated into a second class, exactly, President Trump, that occupant in the White House. I don't even want to use the word president. That seems disrespectful to the office of the presidency. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing in many ways these religious liberties bills being enacted in different states. You saw one in Indiana. You saw you saw these conversion therapy bans being passed in different states like Maryland, and you saw the conversion therapists filing lawsuits like the job of a hat. They were there with their lawyers ready to go, ready to do battle. So this issue is still pervasive and it's still happening in our society. They mm-hmm. just they've crafted a new narrative. They've they've mm-hmm rebranded themselves to make what they do palatable and tolerable. Mm-hmm. So they're not going away. And to your point, like I was, I was brought up in the nineties. I'm 31 years old. I was raised, you know, in Prince George's County, Maryland. I went to an HBCU, Norfolk State University. And I got my master's from UMBC in 2014 in engineering. So I was a, I I am a well-educated black man and I went into convergent therapy thinking that the, the people who spoke against it, that were against it, that warned against it were all brainwashed by LGBTQ activists who were pushing their agenda. That's the narrative that was kind of pushed on me. And Mm -hmm. therefore I was discouraged from, researching what really conversion therapy did to people and anything that was presented that contradicted the narrative the conversion therapist wanted me to adopt or believe they were just saying oh you can't believe them they have their own agenda they're from the militant LGBTQ faction who are just trying to push their agenda on everybody and and really erase the people who want to change their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I just want to say one thing right there because everybody has an agenda. All lobbyists exactly. have mm-hmm. an agenda. Everybody. The agenda is the intent behind what you're doing. And so if you say it's for this purpose, but you have a separate intent, you know, it's, it's, it, it kind of disdains the purpose behind whatever it is that you are supposed to be supporting. But again, you know, it's just crazy that, I think that you, and and don't get me wrong, there are some people that just experiment, meaning that they're not, they don't know, and they want to know what it is, but they're looking for something. The intent behind being experimentative uh, in in sexuality is you're looking for yourself in that process. And That's a valid point. Mm -hmm. Some people are, you know, and, and maybe they need to see a therapist to help them to understand themselves so that they know who they are. And some may have thought they were um, gay and, or, or 
bisexual or whatever the case may be, maybe in high school. And then as they got older, they were like, oh, no, that that wasn't it at all. But that's not everybody. And that's a person-to-person-to-person case basis. You can't be going around trying to convert nobody. You help them to understand who they are because if they don't understand themselves, they're going to have a hard time being in any type of relationship with anybody, having children with anybody, having the idea of children, anything. They're going to have a hard time just being with other people um, because they don't know how to be with themselves. I'm just saying, I just feel disturbed. Go ahead. So what you said about sexuality being fluid is a valid point. For some people, it is fluid. There's a spectrum. And their experiences should be respected. But for conversion therapy, the, the premise is that you are broken. Your sexuality is a brokenness within you. It's, it's rooted in childhood trauma. It's rooted in having an absent parent, usually the same-sex parent. And because you have that missing from your life, mm-hmm. you thought that validation and affirmation in sexual and romantic relationships with people of the same sex. So the narrative that was pushed on all of us in that program was to understand that our sexuality, our same-sex attractions, rather, were the result of emotional deficiencies we experienced from childhood and adolescence. That's interesting, um, Jared. This is Tony. You know, you you talk about the the same sex parent of of a um, gay child. Do you think that hurts them or helps them in the long run? What is your opinion on that? So, I know from my personal experience, mm-hmm. when a child might be suspected maybe early on to be gay. And I think if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be real. I think my parents knew from an early age that I was probably gay. Mm -hmm. And I think my father in particular, because he, for, for what it's worth, he has narcissistic, narcissistic tendencies. He does. I'm just going to say that. He does. And Mm -hmm. because he probably felt deep down that it was a failure on his part that he could not get past, that he could not own or sit with, he subconsciously pulled away. Mm -hmm. He himself didn't really know how to parent to begin with. I'm going to be honest. He His model for what a father was and what a father did was flawed. My grandfather was raised in Georgia. He was mm-hmm. born in 1914. And wow. He, yeah, he came up to Washington, D.C. and had eight kids and worked two jobs and was never around, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wasn't attentive, and was only concerned with providing the basic needs for his kids, food and shelter. That was it. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. no deep personal connection with his kids. That didn't happen. My mm-hmm. father will say otherwise, but I know what happened, and I know the truth, and he wasn't like that. And well, yeah. my fa- and you got to think about the times, too. At that, back in 1940, 1914, 1918, the times were different, you know, and the relationships that parents and children had uh, and husbands and wives had was different. The purpose for marrying was different. And so we tend to instill what we have learned into our kids. And so with your father's fear and misunderstanding mm-hmm. of really knowing how to um, understand himself 
as a, a as mm-hmm. a man in his role because you know back in the day they were that was all it was get married you know women it was y'all just here to have babies if you anything you watch that represents 1800s early 1900s y'all here to have babies y'all not here to have thoughts you know what i'm absolutely. saying absolutely and and just evolution that happens mentally you know we're talking about the corrupted minds today our mind and our thought process changing. Um, do you think that some of your father's reaction came from fear and, um, well, we know he was not understanding, one, himself and his role as your father and how no. to parent you, um, but not understanding um Looking for that why, you know, some people have to have that concrete thing, that that one thing that they can understand. And sometimes it doesn't; it's not meant to be understood. It's meant to have love there. Um, and so the lack of love, maybe that he didn't have um, with his father, he had to bring that baggage into your relationship with him. Um, oh, he brought it all in. He brought it all in. Oh goodness! He, but he also, brought, but also with that leash. And, and, and Jerry, you know, I want to add also, it, it can be that, well, you're the first child because you said he didn't know how to parent. Now, were you I'm the, the first child. child? I'm the only child. Oh, you're yeah. the only child. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. On so many different levels. That, yeah. People think, that's, people think that's you're the only child. Yeah, I'm like, child, bye. That's not, that's not all it's cracked up to be. No. Mm. You're an only yeah, child. Yeah, that explains it, too. You're kind you're of only the only <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. you're the experiment. We don't know. We don't know what to do with our first. Key. You know, when you have your first child, you're either overprotective, you're not protective enough. You, you don't know what to do. You don't even. Mm-hmm. You ain't got no clues. You ain't got no clues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Well, that can answer that question. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you you understand being an only child or at least I did, rather, that when you're an only child, your parents' hopes and dreams are all put on you. It's like you have to do mm-hmm. everything right, right. because right. there's no they one else. They want you to be better than parents, them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's no one else that they can turn to. You don't have a sister or a brother that they can project a part of their hopes and dreams onto. I didn't have that. I didn't have mm-hmm. a sister where my parents would say, oh, well, he came out and that might mess up, you know, us having, mm-hmm. us having grandkids. Not really, by the way, but in the quote-unquote traditional sense, maybe his sister would do that or maybe his brother would do that. Well, I didn't have that. It was just me. Me, <laughs> me and my gayness that they had to work with. So mm-hmm. that came with its own set of challenges, and mm-hmm. and I'm navi- I'm still navigating that today. I mm-hmm. when I wrote this book, I did not care who I picked off. I did not mm-hmm. care how explicit, how gritty, how dirty I I discuss things because when you try to wrap up truth with a nice little neat bow and make it pretty, it it takes away from the authenticity of the experience. I wasn't about to do that. I was going to put all the nitty-gritty details of what I had gone through, what others have gone through, and I was just going to put it in a book. And you know what? If it pisses people off, if they're put off by it, then I don't care. Right. And, you know, and and you can tell um, that in writing, you know, depending on what it is, you you titled it Corrupted. Uh, Let's Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the title and the cover. Where where does that come from for you? So the subtitle, The Truth Shall Be the Nail in Your Coffin, I came up with that based off of this platitude I heard growing up. The truth shall set you free. And what I've been doing with my own research about what conversion therapy is, how it harms people, 
I decided to take that platitude and give it new meaning for my book, that first book, which is I'm going to use the truth. I'm going to use my truth. I'm going to use the experiences of other people, and I'm going to bury mm-hmm. you because you've been harming people and you've been selling people a bunch of lies. Mm-hmm. And the cover mm-hmm. comes from this idea that there's someone higher up, whether it be an authority figure. In this case, it was the conversion therapist. And he was projecting what he believed was the way to live, the way to exist, the way to show up in the world, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. So his voice, his ideas, his opinions always came front and center. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anytime, you, anytime we questioned anything, he shut us down. He redirected the conversation. He led led us to answers that we didn't provide. When he asked questions and we gave answers that weren't acceptable to him, he led us to the answers. He gave us the answers that he wanted us to provide. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely, because whenever Mm -hmm. you're trying to control an environment, that's what you do. Uh, You you guide people through uh, to, to your end moment, whatever your intent is. Um, and I just really hope, I know you said that it's a work in progress with you and your parents, and I know that you are in therapy. Uh, I hope you guys are in family therapy uh, to help guide you guys through the process of mending and, and coming back together. Because ultimately, I think that just from losing a parent from loss, you know, at some point in that loss and you're grieving, some stuff is not going to matter um, because it's going to be that loss there for you. And I don't want them to experience loss from you and not be and, and have that regret from not having that connection or you having loss of one of them and not having that connection and having that, um, that grief there uh, and that guilt. I don't, you know, that's because it, it's just a hard thing already. Um, so I hope I you guys mend that. I hope you guys mend that. You guys really need to, um, because life is too short. Anything can happen any day to anybody. Um, and yeah, I agree. You know, when, with my mom, when if I can say, mm-hmm. with my mom, like we, we still we still talk and we keep in touch. And I, she has, she's made some effort. She has. We've. We've 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 met. We've we've always kept in touch through all of this. We've we've never lost touch. I did not talk to her for a whole month. I blocked her number. I was like, girl, I'm not. I'm not I don't need to deal with you right now. I blocked the number for a whole month. With my dad, I haven't seen him in two years, and mm. I blocked his number. And I was like, you know what? If you want to deal with me, if you want to see with me, if you want to have anything to do with me, you go. You go to my therapist. I gave him the address to my therapist. I gave him the phone number of therapists, and I said, this is when I see my therapist, and you can come and you can show up, and Mm -hmm. that'll be the way that we interact. I'm not about to put on a show and pretend that you're the greatest dad in the world when on most days I think you're a piece of crap. I want to say the other word I'm not going to. So I understand. So I understand. Yeah. It's always so, hard. So yeah, and and just switching lanes a little bit because you play the piano, and I mm-hmm. I've watched your videos and you play with such passion. Is playing the piano how you helped yourself to heal, as well as writing the book? Yes, yes, it did. It did help. I grew up in church, so I I played in church. That was my whole life. I was leading worship and doing all that and Mm -hmm. when you just realize that your church is part of the problem Mm -hmm. you have to figure out what you believe on your own you have to confront your beliefs and many of the ways in which they don't fit your life and they just don't make sense anymore so Mm -hmm. I've discovered that music 
whether it be religious or secular, has the power to heal and move people and bring people together. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's also a part of finding yourself as well. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. You have had such a uh, tumultuously stressful uh, uh, life growing up. But I do want to say, you know, out of all darkness, you have grown um, into and you're growing into um, a very strong man. You know what I'm saying? And and Thank and you. a man that's able to look at himself, his own faults, mm-hmm. not just others' faults. You're able to say, Listen, something is not right here all the way around. We need to get this mm-hmm. together and fix. Um, because it's it's happening in in everywhere and just the hurt. I mean, I could just hear it, you know, and so mm-hmm. it is a, it's a whole process. And so you're a testimony for other people to help get them through um, whether they've had the similar experience mm-hmm. or even if they can relate to the lack of mm-hmm. relationship with their parents. And I just mm-hmm. really commend you on that. Outside of the book, uh, you have other things going on. Tell us a little bit about um, – those aspects of your brand? So right now I'm partnered with a fantastic organization called cpsurvivors.org. We launched um, June 28th, and we are all about supporting conversion therapy survivors. We are Mm -hmm. about facilitating healing first and foremost. That's what we are here to do. Everything else is secondary to that. We must heal first, and we must heal as a community before we mm-hmm. go out and try to help other people. Mm, that's that's first, and, first and foremost. And I am actually working on a piece right now. It's probably going to be either a column because I write for Baltimore out loud. My column is called Truth in Action, Conversion Therapy mm. Extreme Makeover. And I am going to present this idea for a for an article about the lack of visibility in conversion therapy of black voices, of black survivors. Why don't we see black survivors talking about their experience with conversion therapy. And Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine, uh, Matt Ashcroft, a fellow conversion therapy survivor, a black man like myself, we we were just talking recently about how in the black community, conversion therapy is just called going to church. When a pastor lays hands on you, when they tell you to fast, when they – pull out the Bible and they read those proper passages that condemn homosexuality when they're casting out demons and performing spiritual warfare and, and, singing, and singing hymns. That's a form of conversion therapy. They're trying to extract a part of you that has always been there. They're, they're trying to take that out of you. That's conversion mm-hmm. therapy. That's the goal of conversion therapy. They're trying to extract homosexuality out of you. That's a form of conversion mm-hmm. therapy. But black people, we don't, right. we don't call it conversion therapy. We call it going to church. It's Bible study. It's survival. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, daily, it's daily life. <laughs> it's it's wow. the men's day service and the women's day service and the prayer breakfast. It's all of that. So mm-hmm. that also ties into the narrative that you talked about earlier about black people not going to therapy, which, once again, when we talk about conversion therapy and how it's being presented right now, we're mm-hmm. once again seeing a lack of black survivors coming forward because that's just not their experience a lot of times. Maybe right. for some it is, but for those of you that don't know, right. conversion therapy costs a lot of money. It's, it's over $200 per session. It's, wow. it's expensive. And there are programs, there are workshops, that, that costs money. Mm-hmm. And the economic mm-hmm. disparities between black people and white people 
still very it's just devastating. Broad. Still, it's a big, the it's economic a big, yeah, disparity is devastating yeah. between black and white people, and that plays mm-hmm. into black LGBTQ people going through what is quote unquote called conversion therapy, what the mainstream calls conversion therapy. Mhm. Mhm. Wow. And I just want to say it's not every church, you know, and like you said, some people don't have those experiences and some people do. You have uh some churches that really want to because they want to be able to or you have pastors, I'll say, or bishops that want to be able to grow. Uh, and know that the church has to be there for everybody, uh, and it can't take sides. Um, and they are pushing to make sure um, churches are able to grow and expand and help everybody, no matter if it's uh, um, sexuality, uh, incarceration, because you have to be able to have that support system um, in place when they don't have it, you know. And if people don't have a support system, they can't grow. It stifles them. So we so appreciate you coming into the chat room and talking that talk with us um, because Mm -hmm. this is a, a topic that is truly, truly, truly important because, Listen, I'm a mom. I couldn't, I couldn't, first of all, I'm the converter. You know what I'm saying? If he yeah. needs to be converted, that's my job. But not converted as far as be, not being his self. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to guide those those things like making sure you know how to clean up and take care of yourself and be uh, who you are and, and walk in that. You know, we all have feminine and mm-hmm. masculine energy. And I think that the lack of men um, really being in their strength as as leaders in our community, for me, I think that they've created a lot of women that have to walk in our masculine energy on a regular basis. Uh, And we don't get to tap into our feminine energy as much um, because we are the providers. We are, you know, we're we're the providers and the planners, and we're doing all of the things because we have – we have men that don't know how to be men. They don't, and I don't mean like that, but I mean they don't know their position. They don't know their purpose. They haven't stepped into their purpose to know. It don't matter who you sleep with, you still are a leader, uh, and you have a responsibility um, to the whole community um, to help everybody be able to move and strive. So I, we really commend you, uh, and we Thank are uh, hope everything everything falls into place. We know that it will. Uh, your your brand and your vision and your mind is going to expand um, into so many things that you, you it's, it's going to start with one thing and then by the time you finish five years from now, it's going to be something totally different. Um, and yeah. we're excited for you. We're excited for you. We're excited Thank for you. you, your movement, your thought process, your, your book, Oh, my goodness. And we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. We want to shout out your social media. Yes. You are so so very welcome. Shout out all your social media. Yes. My Instagram is at DIJarrett13. Follow me. My Twitter is at PianoGuy underscore 11. And you can find me on Facebook. And just check out my social media pages. I... I'm talking about things that are important to me. You'll see mm-hmm. me talking with other survivors and just really amplifying them and uplifting them because that's what it's all about. We're, up, we're here to uplift each other, and we are stronger mm-hmm. together. And right. we're, we're all fighting the same enemy. We're all in this together. We're not, we're not here to, to, to steal anything from anybody. We're just here to uplift, and that's all you're going to get from my pages. I'm here to uplift people. Mm-hmm. I'm here to amplify fellow survivors' voices. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you believe in. I'm just here to make sure that you know that you matter. That's it. At the end of the day, awesome. that's it. I'm here to amplify awesome. you and make sure that you know that you matter and that you're valued. 
Well, we appreciate that, Jared. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining Alicia and I tonight on Let's Chat. And please know that this is your home. You're welcome back anytime, even if you just want to share a, a thought, a process, okay. anything you want to share. You All just right. want to chat. Just hit one of us up. We'll make it happen, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. You enjoy the rest of your All weekend, right. huh? You too. Okay, now. then. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you once again for joining us here on Let's Chat This. That was our awesome guest, the one and only Mr. Jared Dixon. We hope you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you missed part of it, no worries. Just head on over to our archives on Let's Chat on Blog Talk. You can also catch us on any podcast because the ladies of Let's Chat, we go where you go. From Lisa and I, enjoy your weekend, and we will see you guys next week. We got a live on Thursday evening, July 2nd. So make sure you follow us. Have a great weekend. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match must keep IRA for five years match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC